This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Welcome to Queen Speaking. I'm Brianna. And I'm Sid. Hey, Sid. Hey. Long time no see. I know. Um, I feel like the update that we both have is that we got to spend some QT with our ladies. And it was honestly so fulfilling. Like, at my core, just I felt so good walking. I did have like maybe maybe a few mimosas, but I think it only enhanced the good feelings that I had. Exactly. It was great. And actually, between that lady day and then I've got a girls weekend coming up with friends from high school and I just came off of another trip with friends from high school. Like I'm feeling like really good. And we've got another get together in a couple weeks with oh, friends. Yeah. Like this, this is a great month, I it's think. A, it's a social <laughs> month. I feel like sometimes, especially in this case, these girls we haven't seen, like the whole group of us getting together hasn't been for a month. Yeah, which so, is a longer time than usual. Longer than usual. And so it was just so refreshing to be like undistracted and focused on having just all the ketchup and laughs and it was just a, a great setting and it was sunny out mm-hmm. I loved it was it. yeah and we haven't done i feel like a brunch together we usually kind of go for the cheese and wine evening mm-hmm. hang and this was the first brunch date i think we've done as a group in a, in a while and we went somewhere that had like 80s jams playing yeah. and it was such a fun i just remember being like this is a really fun atmosphere for like a great friend brunch for like a sunday afternoon it was magical it was perfect although i did have a very strong orange juice crash really yeah (laughs) like a sugar crash because i don't usually have that much sugar slash juice ever i would have rather had my mimosa just champagne you can tell us you were drunk like that's okay (laughs) i was not drunk i was just a little my stomach hurt because it was so sweet and so right so when I got home, I was like, I need a lot of water. Just to, like, kind of rehydrate. To balance it out. Do the whole thing. I can agree with that. I was feeling, I was wondering why I was feeling some type of way. And I considered because it was a, a few champagnes. But I, I can't, I can default to it being because of the OJ. That that works for me, too. Yeah. No, because I didn't feel, like, hungover. Yeah. I felt nauseous. <laughs> Which is... Different. Different. (laughs) Yes. But also getting older is hard. Yeah. And it was, you know, daylight savings time. And so we're just. Yeah, this was a tough. I I feel like I've I was doing one coffee a day for months. Like I was really good about just doing one coffee a day, sticking with water for the rest of the day. And recently I have been like a two a day. And today was one of those days where I didn't have access to my second cup, but I really, really needed it. I had the 2 p.m. crash where Mm. I was sitting, I was wrapping up a meeting, and I was like, I feel like my brain doesn't know what's happening right now. Yeah, and I always feel crazy when that happens, and someone will come ask me a question, and I start blabbering, and that 
never results in anything good. So I think I'm I think I'm back to two a day just to save everybody else from trying to decipher what I'm trying to get out to them. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're in an office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All those fluorescent lights. And they're just beaming down at me. So I feel like uh with that theme in mind, I left the end of the weekend feeling I was on a high Mm -hmm. and then I realized oh my gosh I have a very jam-packed Monday Mm -hmm. I don't want to do it like this week in general I have a lot going on and so I felt I kind of hate this term the Sunday scaries yeah but like that's what I felt Mm -hmm. I was like I just want to like enjoy more weekend it was just so good and it was it was hard for me to like get into the good mindset but the shine text that I we both know and love. We do. That came through on Monday was just perfectly timed Monday motivation, set your intention for the week. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that shifted my perspective enough to be like, okay, we dealt with, you know, daylight savings. We're in this mode of getting things together. And now I can handle the week. Right. Hand. Well, and it was, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about with that mindfulness, like taking an intentional beat and sitting and reflecting and getting like mentally ready, breathing through everything. And like, as much as I think that just kind of powering through is the way to go a lot of the time, I agree. I really needed that like extra beat uh, last night and going into today. I just yeah. really needed to sit for a second and get like all my stuff in order, make my list, do my to-do list and like really look at my week and what do what do I need to be on top of? And that takes time and that takes like quietness. Mm-hmm. And I felt like even coming from the Sunday scariness that I was feeling, I felt like I could get into this week after taking that minute. Yeah, I think that's an important way to go about setting your mindset for the week. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it's just helpful to be like, I'm going to have a great week. Even if it's just that. That's all you need. And that does that has more power than I think that we want to acknowledge sometimes. That saying it out loud and putting it out into the universe and saying like, nothing, nothing will change this. It's going to be a great week. And honestly, like someone that I work with, I'll, this will stick with me forever now, I think. Somebody I work with said that their mother always talked about how she like willed sickness away like or willed something Mm. away like you just will it away like you know if it if it lives within you and the intention is there and and nothing will hurt you or touch you it will not happen and your mind is like set on that and I feel like now all I think about is I'm willing it away I'm willing it away (laughs) and that is all I need to do and I will feel better for it so that's that's what I'm doing that's great and I I feel like again as it is with all of our topics, our, when we decide what our topic is, it fits within the theme of what we've been going through in life. Always. It's beautiful. Always. So, Sid, give it to me straight. So today, we are going to talk about something that I think we both have some somewhat of a difficult time yes. with some of the time, depending on the situation. But today's episode is all about asking for help. And while that seems very, like, straightforward and why can't you just figure that out, I feel like it is much harder when you're, like, breaking down or when you're in the moment of needing to ask for help. You're sitting there being like, but is it the right time? Or can I do this? Or do I look weak? Or anything like that. So that's what we're tackling this week is how to ask for help. Yeah, and I feel like in terms of 
a lady trying to be a boss, trying to be a queen. It's really hard to ask for help when you're trying to like keep it all together. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really empowering when you're able to do that. And I think we want to talk a little bit about how to shift your mindset too so that you're, you know, maintaining all the expectations that you want in your life, but it's also appropriate. We can't, you know, can't do it all, all by ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, it's, this is a real challenge because I always feel like it's a burden to be like, hey, can you help me with this thing? Or I don't even know how to ask. And I feel like I even learned a lot in you know, thinking about this and kind of putting it together in a structured way where I was like, I can actually start doing this a little bit better too. Like take, take a little bit of my own medicine. Right. And I think the truth is when it comes to these types of situations is that um, if you're not asking for help when you need it, this like beautiful castle that you've built for yourself is just going to start tumbling piece by piece because it's going to start affecting you know, you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel burnt out. It's going to affect your relationships and your work. And sometimes it's okay just to s- stop and pause and be like, I need help, but I don't know how to ask for it. Right. And then, you know, figure out where to go from there. Yeah. And it, it's a hard line, I think, when, because I know that there's also the mentality of like figuring things out on your own too. So like, we're definitely not discounting that to push yourself and figure it out and get curious and really like take steps to figure out what your next step might be, maybe without asking for help. But I think there's a really fine line there. And today we're going to help kind of identify what lies on the side of figuring it out yourself and being curious and and really like taking steps and learning on your own. But there's also like that just one step over is needing to ask for help. So trying to kind of define what lives on each side of that line is going to be a really important part of this conversation too, because both come very much into play. I think in any situation in your life, like you said, between work and relationships and anything kind of living in those categories, there's a time to to dig in and do the research. And then there's time to be like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. And I really, really need help. So I'm excited to get into this I'm today. Excited. <laughs> All right. Let's speak at Queens. I will kick it off with a cue to you, Sid. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Why? I feel like the biggest challenge is that we don't know why why it's happening right why is this happening to us (laughs) (laughs) and then why don't you feel like you can ask for help like what what is going through all of our minds in this moment I think it's a number of things, and I know you can touch on this as well. The number one thing that kind of comes to mind for me is sometimes if you're viewed as, and not that I'm viewed as the expert in a lot of different situations, but I think for people, and I've thought this myself, and I know other people who have thought this, but like I'm supposed to know the answer to this. I should know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. And just that thought alone gets you kind of off track and thinking like, if I don't know what this is, then then I can't ask for help because now I'm scared that people are going to find me out and they're going to mm-hmm. know that I'm not as good or as prepared or as competent. When a lot of those things are probably fears that are living in your brain, but not actuals. And so I think that that for me is one of the things that makes me feel like I don't always want to ask for help is because 
I feel like sometimes I'm just supposed to know the answer. And that mentality really like drives you in the wrong direction when you're looking for answers to things that it's okay to ask for help on. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think fear drives a lot of these problems that we face when we're feeling overwhelmed. Um, I think when you're in the mode of like, I need help, but I don't need to ask, or, or I, I can't ask for it, mm-hmm. you're feeling burnt out. Like you said, you're, you're f- fearful of being a burden to someone else or, you know, appearing weak or uh, incapable of following through on what's expected of you. Um, no one understands me. Like, <laughs> like what, are, what are these things that we're saying to ourselves? But the reason that we're feeling these things is because the fear is making us just live in this space of, like, that doesn't exist in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of driving us to feel like, in order for you to get through this, you just have to keep pushing. But right. that's not the solution. Yeah, and I think that there's another one that really comes down to control. And what we really want is to make sure everybody knows that, like, we've got things under control. Like, don't worry about it. I've got it. Don't don't talk to me about it. I don't need any help. Um, and I think that definitely contributes to us feeling like we can't ask for help is because just like the, like, I'm supposed to know everything, I'm also supposed to maintain the control of the situation. And I think what we don't consider is, and we'll get into this too a lot more, but, like, that that kind of sets you up for failure in a very real way. And until you can identify kind of the crumbs that are getting you to that point, then it's really hard to turn that behavior around. But we're going to give you a bunch of solutions on how to kind of avoid that that mentality. We have got you guys covered. Super covered. So I'm going to go forth and provide a real life scenario. <laughs> That's what makes us great. Uh, Solution number one, know what you need help with in the first place. This is my greatest issue. It sounds profound. It is. (laughs) I really have an issue with giving equal importance to everything when I'm feeling stressed out or overwhelmed. And um, I actually had a really nice realization very recently when I was feeling a little overwhelmed where I was like oh my gosh I get into the weeds so far into it I I like I'm swimming in the swamp Mm -hmm. I am a swamp creature (laughs) like in shape of water and drowning (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Oscars and still not over it still not over it still (laughs) um and so no one wants to be a swamp creature <laughs> as they say as the saying goes <laughs> and uh the this person that was giving me advice shout out to Dan um was explaining that i need to like step back and see big picture mm-hmm. and so a, a solution i found in this situation because when you give equal importance to everything that's stressing you out you're not realizing what's your top priority right. and what you need to start chipping away at or you think laundry is most important as, like, paying the bills. Right. And I've totally been there because, like, time crunch, you know, is my number one stressor. So when everything needs to get done, like, yesterday, literally, laundry is at the same level as, like, getting my rent paid or getting that thing done at work that needed to get done. Like finishing your project that's due at 5 p.m. You're right. like, but what about all the laundry? <laughs> It's just sitting there. So anyway, that all being the case, because we've all been there, 
write out a list of everything that's on your mind and then prioritize what things need to get done first. And then add these things as you're assessing them in this list because this is just a catch-all. You're writing everything down as it's on your mind. Then you can you know, pull out a new piece of paper or grab your calendar and start adding these tasks to your to-do list for the week. Mm-hmm. So it's not, there's no expectation that you're going to get all of these things done in one one day. Right. It's just, that's not happening. And so figuring out where you can fig- fi- fit each into your calendar, what needs to be done today. And then there are obviously going to be things that come up mm-hmm. where you're going to have to wait until tomorrow. Or maybe this is something that's perfect for your, you know, full day open that you have on Thursday add that to your to-do list then. And from there, that helps identify the opportunity for you to say, who can help me with these things? If you need to have a conversation with your manager about, hey, I need some clarification on, you know, what I need to follow through on on this project. Or it's, hey, boyfriend, I'm really freaking out about the laundry. <laughs> can you Could throw you get a started load on that? <laughs> And so I think it's really important to um, use this as an opportunity to think about people in your network that can be helpful to you, and especially giving truth and thought to your manager or your coworkers or your partner or your best friend who is really truly there to help you out. Because if you're drowning, it's pretty likely that they're not, Right. but they'd love to help you. Right. And all it takes is asking the question of like here is the issue i would love your help with this right and so i think thinking about what's on your calendar what needs to be a priority and maybe take a step back and say i've set my schedule for the week so that i can conquer all these things that are overwhelming to me and then say no to everything else Mm -hmm. and i think that's so powerful and it's really really hard to do and i i can totally vouch with you on the listing of everything and then i've gotten that advice as well and it, it is really powerful how much and i'm just remembering now those times when you're really in the weeds and your anxiety starts to take over like if you are a person that kind of deals with anxiety everything feels like you're literally underwater. Like you were talking swamp thing. Like that's such a real feeling that you're experiencing where you, you start to like hyperventilate a little bit and being like, Oh my God, how am I going to get everything done? Like I, there's no way I can get everything done. But when you do that listing and then prioritize from there and like list the crap out of that, then you then have just created a system for yourself that helps you breathe better. And honestly, like this is going to sound weird as far as like asking for help from other people. I think there's a forgiveness that you have to give yourself in a lot of ways. And what I've recently realized, like, if I'm not up on time to go to the gym in the morning, I'm like, I I can't go because I'm not going to be able to get the whole thing done. But I've just recently given myself permission to do, like, as much as I can, given the day that I'm getting stuff done. So it's almost like help asking for help from your own brain and being like, please don't like shame me for not being able to do everything today. Like this is as much as I can do. And and that's just going to have to be enough today. And that is a process. And that is definitely like that took 
a few weeks to get used to. Like, maybe I can't do like the full hour, but I can get a solid 30 or 45 minutes done. And that's, that's enough. So I think as much as we're asking for help from the people around us and asking for like some kind of like a, a, a different kind of an expectation or whatever it is, you can also th- ask that of yourself and ask for help from, from your own being. So I think another thing that comes into play is better communication. Um, because when you are asking for help, sometimes you need to know how to ask for help. <laughs> 101, but like the hardest 101 to get to. <laughs> <laughs> and so you need to be direct. And it's saying in this moment where, you know, we've gone through the, salu- the, the list of things that you're figuring out. You've got your list of priorities. We've identified who needs to help us. So you have your problem. You think about what the solution is can you help me with the solution? And so when you identify it in that sense, you're saying, can you help me with a specific task Mm -hmm. person? And I read this amazing thing and Harvard Business Review says to be smart when you're asking for help. Smart is an acronym, everybody. (laughs) Love me an acronym. So be specific, be meaningful. So why is it that you need this thing? action-oriented for the the A in SMART. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, you're asking for something to something or someone to follow through on something. R is for real, which means that it is a authentic request that you are (laughs) asking of someone because why would you ask someone to help you with something that's not necessary in your life? I don't know. Right. Why waste anybody's time? Yeah. (laughs) And then that it's time-bound. That's my favorite one, time-bound. Yeah. Because to have, like, some arms around it makes it actionable, going back to the A. I feel like this tip, when you need it, when you need it by, all of those things. That's so important because sometimes it's like, I'm stressed out. This actually happened recently to me where I was like, I'm stressed out. I need this to be done by this time. And... They were like, oh, I didn't realize that you need, you, there was like a timeline for this. You just told me it needed to be done. Right. And I was like, yeah, because in order for this. And they were like, you didn't tell me that. So you need to provide some context. Right. And that does help the person that you're talking to add it to their schedule just as much as it is on yours. And I think that's respectful on both ends, like of you to be able to provide someone with a timeline, but also for yourself to know that it's not kind of just out in the abyss and floating around wherever Mm -hmm. it has. There's an end game and there's a time when you're going to get everything kind of tied up, too. Yeah. And We've talked about how one of the challenges can be that you don't know how to ask for help or you don't know what to say or how to say it. And I read this wonderful thing from Inc. that said that there are two great words that can happen, help you when you are in a situation where you don't necessarily know what to say. And it really doesn't matter who you're saying this to, whether it's a friend or a family member or your doctor, just I'm struggling. Right. And that's so powerful. It's an opportunity to have a discussion. It opens the dialogue. It allows them to ask you questions about why are you feeling this way? What's the issue? And sometimes it's just, I need someone to listen to me, period. Yeah. And I think that's a really great thing to, to consider is that 
rely on the people that are in your support system because if it's someone that you trust that you can rely on for things or even just someone who is like a good shoulder to lean on when you need to ask a question or help for something it's really wise yeah and I think that that goes back to that authenticity that you're looking for too like I'm struggling as a really honest statement it's not like I've got this like it's been a busy day or it's been like kind of a rough week but like I'll I'll be okay like I've got a lot on my plate but I'll be fine like there's always a way to tie up all of those other phrases with a like a schluff off to be like I'll take care of it don't worry about it but I'm struggling is so honest in the sense of whoever hears that unless they are incredibly unaware is going to be like oh that's a that's a flag let's pause right I should ask that person like what do you mean you're struggling like can I help in any way like that really gives the listener even if you put that in a journal or something like that like just to get your thoughts out in that way is really powerful and then if your next step is to actually ask someone for help you've opened the door yourself to actually communicating through that and I think that phrase is like and I've never thought about the specific wording that you use when you're asking for help and I think that I'm struggling is such a good and simple in wording but powerful in meaning way to start that conversation so I love that and in a lot of ways the that's kind of the start like that's a backup to what we covered earlier where sometimes it's hard for you even to identify what you're overwhelmed by and so just to have that conversation with someone can be really empowering and sometimes there are cases where it's better for you to be having that conversation with another person than trying to figure out it, figure it out on your own and then ask for help sometimes the solution is ask for help first right start the conversation yeah yeah i think there's a lot of ways that this asking for help can take form and a lot of them come from like that leadership perspective too right so even if you're not necessarily like the leader and you're taking on like a leadership role through a task or in a like specific situation either at work or at home or anything like that i think understanding the why it's important is a good place to kind of set yourself up in addition to saying that like i'm struggling If you haven't even asked the question yet, if you haven't asked for help, if there's a foundation of why it's important to start there, I think that that kind of sets you up for success as well. And one of the first ones is that it's protecting yourself. And I think it's a weird way of like circling back to self-care in a way that you are protecting your time, you're protecting your you know, mental health, all of those things by asking for help. And that goes back to what we kind of talked about in the beginning. And another one that I thought was really good was that it's appreciation of those around you. And that is like, in my mind, that makes sense after seeing it. But I can totally see how when you're in the situation, you think you're burdening someone with your stuff. But if you're in a leadership position, and you're asking people to take something on, think about what that's showing that person. It's showing them that you trust them and that you're ready to share responsibility and you're ready to like give them something that shows them what they can do. And I think that's a really powerful kind of way to take on that leadership perspective around asking for help, along with, you know, just the general empowering of employees. And just going back to that, like if you're putting, if you're asking your employees to take something on in their mind, as long as it's not like, hey, grab the coffee or something like that. If it's like a real task that is on your plate that you're like, I really can't handle this right now. And that honesty 
is it's not going all the way to I'm struggling, but it's like, I need your help with this because I know this is your wheelhouse or Mm -hmm. I know that you're an expert on this program. And I, instead of taking the time to figure it all out, I could really use your help with this project. And I think like those examples are really great ways to, in the work environment, start that process of asking for help. And I think it comes back really well too to establishing that dynamic between you and your team no matter the relationship or where you live in the work environment of just an open opportunity for dialogue right where you've created an opportunity for honesty and support and that's what makes a great team Mm -hmm. and so as as an employee in the management you know circle that you're in sometimes that's also you being comfortable talking to your manager about, hey, I need help with this because mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I can't follow through on certain tasks in a certain time frame. And say, being honest about, I'm, I'm hitting a rough spot. Can we talk about this to reassess? Right. And I feel like any manager would be more than happy to, to have that conversation because you, it's only going to make everyone hit their goals um, and follow through. And it's so interesting how, like, from, you know, from the leadership perspective, you asking for help to give someone an opportunity to shine feels a little easier than you maybe in the non-leadership position asking for help because you're like, what are they going to think of me? But think of it as the same way. Like, exactly. all of it makes the whole operation work better, r- regardless of what position you're in. So even if it seems like it's it's easier to ask for help in one position versus another, it might feel that way. But at the end of the day, like if everybody's on the same page about that openness and that um, that realness around being able to be honest and supportive, that's only going to make the whole the whole situation work better. Yeah. And I feel like it's so amazing that a manager can say to someone, I trust you with this. Right. Like, how awesome is that? Yeah. I always feel so I do. I always feel so good when someone's like, it, regardless of what it is, because honestly, even if it's like, hey, can you like go pick up so and so or hey, like I need help bringing this out to my car. Do you mind? Like even things like all the way down the ladder of that, you're like, oh, this person obviously needs help with this. Like, I'm not going to just be like, oh, sorry, no, like I've got better things to do. <laughs> like, that's just not how that works. Yeah. So it goes all the way around. Like if I see you struggling to bring all this crap out to your car, you're not going to just like sit still, right? So if they actively ask you for help, it's a small version of this, but it, I think it really contributes to the greater of this whole conversation of like maybe starting there. If you're a person that really does not ask for help at all, like just ask for one small thing and build from there, mm-hmm. depending on what's on your plate that day. I love that. I think there are a lot of examples too when it comes to these scenarios in our real life. Um, I find that these scenarios will come up in relationships a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I have to remind myself and am going to remind all of you right now is that there's no I in team. That's what they say. They they say that. And also the, like, grammar says that you can't (laughs) spell it that way. So when you're in a relationship, whether that's a friendship or, you know, you and your significant other, Mm -hmm. it's a partnership. And so if you're in a situation where you should be able to rely on each other, 
you should all, you should consider that. Yeah, like, and it's hard though. I mean, I think of all the things, like of all of the examples, relationships and friendships are probably the hardest ones to ask for help on because you're like, I got this. I'm independent. Like, don't don't bother me. Like, I've got this. And when you realize that it is a true partnership when you're asking for help because you are no help to anybody if you're spiraling quickly down the hill. Yeah. That's not helping you. That's not helping them. They're probably in the dark as to why that's happening. So if you just start with that, I'm struggling in a relationship, you've opened the door to some kind of constructive communication. Yeah. And when it when you think about these types of scenarios, when it's work-related, it is easy to ask for help, easier to ask for help, or it's pretty clear, like, this is what I'm responsible for. Right. And so... This is what I have to check off my list to do. So you can structure it in a way where it's manageable. But when it comes to friendships and relationships, it's a kind of a whole different beast because mm-hmm. you're dealing with a dynamic of two people and one person not knowing what's wrong and trying to help. And how do you navigate that? And I think a lot about how and this is a thing I remind myself of is that no one can read my mind. Mm-hmm. And so unless I share with the world what's happening inside my brain, scary or not, yeah, <laughs> it's important to be able to to kind of set the stage to say, hey, I just need someone to listen to me or I actually need to figure out a solution to this problem. Or like, you can't help, but I just need you to be like a an support. active listener. Yeah, an active listener or just supportive right now. Maybe just rub my back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that will go a very long way. <laughs> and I think in another sense, it comes up in friendships because it can be re- really stressful to feel like you're flaking on on dates when you're feeling overwhelmed. If you have stuff on the calendar with people and you know that you want to see them or you know that there's um, you know people you haven't seen in a while and it's just like, I can't make it work. And that sucks. Mm-hmm. So figuring out an alternative Again, it's just what's the issue? Like, what's the root cause of the problem? And communicating that with the person that you're talking to, because I'm pretty sure that they would be very understanding of it. Absolutely. And I, again, I'll say, like, I'm now at the point in my relationship where I think asking for help becomes a little easier and it has, it comes a little bit more easily than it did when we first started dating. But friendships is tough because, you know, you've got friends kind of across the board, right? And like, who's appropriate to ask for what level of help, I think, on some on some level, which, like, feels bad to say out loud. But I think if we're all being really honest, like, that exists there, too. And I remember, like, one night when you had a situation and I needed to pick you up and it was, like, kind of late at night and you had given me a call and I was like, I'm happy to do that. But knowing you, you probably were like, should I call? I shouldn't call. She... I shouldn't call. And like all of the second guessing, but knowing like what kind of a relationship you and I have, of course, I am happy to help with whatever you need. But it is, it's that moment where you're like, is this too much? Like asking someone to like go pick up your mail or like come over and watch your cat or something like that. Like where, where does the line live? And I think you learn that like as you become closer with your relationships and your friendships, but 
I think that is the one that like the line kind of moves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's something to like definitely keep track of. But I always find it. I always find myself overthinking the friendship ask more than I do any of the other asks. And that's something that I'm personally working on being like, I'm my, I'm pretty sure my friends love me. Right. Right. And I'm like having this <laughs> internal dialogue where I'm like, so if I ask them if they can pick me, that's going to be OK. And it like becomes this like anxious anxiety ridden moment when if you there's this phrase that I always come back to and like what is the truth like come back to the truth put your feet on the truth like ground yourself in that truth and if you are being honest about what that truth is if you're asking someone to pick you up from the car dealership because you need an oil change not going to be a big ask not going to be a big deal yeah even though you think maybe like what are they gonna have to move around to help me out and like all of these things and it it and it doesn't have to be that way if you're grounded in the truth and it doesn't have to be about like delivering on a favor too. Right. <laughs> like none of this is ever oh you owe me mm-hmm because if that's what your relationships are you should probably reconsider those friendships right and it just like in the dynamic of a good friendship or a relationship in general is that it should be a give and take. Mm-hmm. And so being open to saying and accepting this is not, you know, something I'm going to have to like f- ask a favor for and then be expect expected to fulfill it in like the same value two, two of weeks which, time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's an expiration date, and by if you have not fulfilled it by this expiration date, we are no longer friends. We will be expired. <laughs> <laughs> and so, truthfully, I think friends are actually more understanding mm-hmm. of a situation in a lot of cases where it's like, thank you so much for being honest with me. Right. Or, of course, I'll pick you up from the airport. Mm-hmm. And so... Just being honest with yourself about, hey, these people care about me and I can ask. And I just, I I am so glad that you brought up that whole I'm struggling phase because I cannot... Like every time I think about any situation I've been in where I needed to ask for help, whether it be in my relationship, my friendship, my work environment, wherever, my family life, wherever, that that phrase alone just helps people really understand where you're at. And it's not like a boy who ca- cried wolf situation where you're like, oh, I'm struggling. Like it, it, it is it is something that is honest and real and whatever level you apply to it is how you're feeling at that moment. Like I've had so many that felt really small to me where I really felt like I was struggling that some people might feel were small, but I felt were big. And, but that person who heard that phrase was like, whatever I think doesn't matter right now because this person just was super honest about where they're at. So I just keep going back to that phrase and how important that is. And it should become part of your, like, I think when you're learning how to ask for help on a more regular basis, like making that part of your mantra and part Mm -hmm. of your like kind of wheel of fortune phrases, like put that as more than one of them, because having that come up, I think is, is super important and it'll help level with people and help them understand what you're going through. And I think something that we have to remind ourselves and just each other in this moment is that we can't truly understand what other people are going through or what their life is or what they're living, but there's an opportunity for us to be supportive. So just us as queens out there, Mm -hmm. knowing that 
everybody is facing something in their life, whether it's just I'm having a bad day or like I just had surgery and actually need you to open the door for me, <laughs> like really basic stuff. Um, it's important to be supportive of those people and know that you're going to build great relationships and learn something about someone. And I felt like that was something that I took away from this wonderful TED Talk that I listened to from Michelle L. Sullivan, who said that asking for help is a strength and not a weakness. Yeah, girl. Get yeah. <laughs> Preach. So I know that this is something that's like an evolving topic because the challenges that people face, it, it's always a roadblock that you're going to hit in life no matter where you are. And it's kind of this ebb and flow of the way that we live and so we want to we want to continue this conversation because I feel like if you guys have tips of or you know scenarios where you faced this and you you either had a great resolution to something because you were able to ask for help in an appropriate way or just a tip that you had on here's something that works for me when I'm in this place we'd love to hear it we would and if you've been on the other side of that situation and you know how to make sure people know that you are ready and willing to help if there's like a good way to put that out there and not always put it on the person who's asking but make sure the people around you know that you're ready to help them if they need help with something there's also like a way to go about that in my mind of not like shoving it down anybody's throat but just like as a soft reminder like don't hesitate to ask for help I really mean that and and something that is honest and and real but also not always if you know someone might have a history of not really knowing how to ask for help because we're all kind of novice at this I think which at least between the two of us we are and um, if any of you are out there who who are like the helpers that tell people that you're ready to help if you have a good way to kind of start that conversation because I know some people might take like maybe offense to that if you might assume that they need help Mm -hmm. but like a way to just say this door is open I'm ready to help you if you need help please don't hesitate to call me I think that that's a really powerful place to be as well so if you're those people more power to you tell us how you do it how do you have those conversations yeah it's a beautiful thing it sure is Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us at Queen Speaking on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and tell us all about it. See you next week.